This is Megan. You're listening to the Meg Scanlift Podcast. Excited to have you back today for our second podcast this week. Today, we're going to talk to Kate Mendel, and she's going to tell us about her experience from cutting from the 63-kilogram weight class to the 57-kilogram weight class and how she was able to, to successfully do so. So today on the podcast, I am excited to have Kate Mendel with us, who is one of the first powerlifters, I guess you could say, that I met at my second meet and just competed last weekend for her first time as a 57 lifter before she was lifting as a 63. So today, Kate's going to tell us a little bit about her powerlifting story and also about her cut from a 63 to a 57. So Kate, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, Thanks for having me. Will you just tell us a little background, like basics, how you got into powerlifting um, and about like your first competition and kind of how you went from there? Sure. Um, So basically I started CrossFit in 2012 um, and I fell in love with it right away, like everyone does. Um, And I noticed pretty fast that strength was my strength. I was right away one of the strongest females in the gym um as I progressed and years went on I outlifted most of the men um and I started to kind of get more curious about how my numbers would relate to the powerlifting world um I knew I wasn't gonna make regionals and be a competitive CrossFit athlete um but I've always been a competitive athlete and I was looking for a place to be competitive um so I competed in a competition at Rob Orlando's gym, a hybrid in Connecticut, and the workout was Team Linda, which has bench press in it, and after the competition, Rob Orlando was basically scolding everyone for not benching enough, Uh, so my gym became really heavy into benching, and my bench press just grew and grew and grew, and I decided to kind of check out what the numbers were. Uh, for USAPL and some of the other federations for uh, the records, and I was right there. Um, So the first meet I did was a push-pull in 2014. Um, It was with RPS, and I competed as a 60 uh, kg. And I think I benched, like, 185, and I hit a big PR on my deadlift at, like, 345. And that was Thank it. You. I had the buck. That's really <laughs> good for your first meet. Like, yeah, casual first meet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was just a push pull, and I was like, oh my god, like this is it. This is my thing. Um, so I did another meet with RPS that was full power that fall, and I realized that maybe that federation wasn't going to be a great fit for me. Um, I had to cut to get to one thirty two. 138 with USAPL was like my sweet spot. Like I could eat pizza all the time and <laughs> and roll up and compete, um, which I've obviously since made the decision against. Uh, <laughs> but, um, that meet that we did together was my very first USAPL meet. Okay. So a couple things. Like uh, in college, you played softball, right? Yep. Did you, did you lift in college? Like as a team, did you guys lift? Yeah, so we had um, our lifting program was probably like the most generic 
yeah. program that was given out to every athlete except for I bet the football team and maybe the hockey team had something a little bit more specialized mm-hmm. um but it was pretty basic and I'll be honest most of the girls did not take it very seriously yeah um we very rarely had a trainer in there helping us um so people showed up because they had to and kind of went through the motions um I would say I took it slightly more seriously but it's hard when no one else is right um and we didn't necessarily do a lot of power lifts so it was um we had some dumbbell stuff and maybe like some trap bar deadlifts that was probably as close to any power lifts we did um we didn't really squat either yeah um and then when you started at the crossfit gym did anyone in the crossfit gym do powerlifting like how did you i guess learn about it you know what I mean or like find it yeah so no uh for no other power there no one who competed in powerlifting course and the owner of my gym as well as one of the other trainers had gone to that course and it's got a uh it's put on by west side so it's got a big west side flavor to it and they brought a lot of that back to the gym so we kind of had a little bit of a powerlifting flair but um I kind of just got into it on my own because, like I said, I wanted to be competitive at something, and I knew CrossFit wasn't going to be it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that me, I met you. I'm trying to remember. What were 2018? It had to have been 2016? Yeah, 2016. Okay. 2016, competed for the first time in the USAPL as a 63. Did you go to nationals that year? Yeah, right? Yep, and I uh, made the prime time session at Nationals. Okay, so you've been to Nationals twice as a 63, and you were in the prime time both times. Yes. Okay, so obviously you're a competitive 63. Um, What made you decide that you wanted to cut to 57? So there were a few things, a few, like, very specific instances. The first one was probably when – uh, Natalie, Toronto, and I were getting our rack heights for uh, for nationals, and the 57s were weighing in, and I'm looking at the girls, and I'm saying, these girls look like me. <laughs> like, my body, t- my body type so much more matches and fits in with these girls. Um, you know, much like you, I'm five foot two, like, I'm, yeah. I'm a shorty. Um, I have kind of more of a, like, gymnastics-type build. Um and then, you know, fast forward to our weigh-ins, and I'm looking around, and, you know, some of the girls are, are smaller, um, but some of them are big, like, they're big athletic girls, mm-hmm. um, and I just felt like, man, what, am I doing something wrong here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was one thing. Um, two is I kind of became aware of the fact that most people or most of the girls competing at 63 do not walk around at 138 or in my case, less than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, how can I possibly keep up with these girls who are training with more mass and some more muscle and then, you know, cutting down for meat day where I really never put a lot of effort into my nutrition Quite frankly, I'm kind of like a jerk about it. Like, <laughs> like, ha guys, I have abs, but I, but I eat a lot of Chipotle and pizza. <laughs> um, so I was like, wow, maybe if I like 
smartened up and tightened things up a little bit, I, I wouldn't necessarily have to do anything too crazy uh, to get down. And then I was eating breakfast uh, the day after we lifted at Nationals with Jennifer Milliken and Natalie and Natalie's fiance. And at one point, Jennifer let out that she had gotten up to 140 pounds. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. What do you, how is that possible? Like, like I don't even weigh 140. Right. Yeah. I'm like, she, she, she competes at 57 and like, she's the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, wow, maybe this is possible for me. Um, and then of course, as you well know, because you're one of them, uh, the 63s are stacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the totals are just outrageous and and people are progressing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, if I could even just maintain my total as a 57, I could be really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were, were most of the reasons. So breakfast um, after competing, you're like, this is it. I'm doing it. 57. Coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I stopped panting. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I agree with you. I didn't realize how people really cut down at the last minute until nationals, when I went to nationals. Um, I mean, you definitely naturally sit lower than me, but, like, at nationals, I was, like, I was pretty light. Like, sometimes I'm lighter, sometimes I'm heavier. Like, and I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll get to the meet and get there. But I didn't realize, like, how specific people were until nationals, I feel like, with their weight and cutting down to their weight class. Um, so you decide to make the cut to 57. When did you actually start your cut? So I had picked out um... – Obviously, I love benching, so I had found a bench, <laughs> a bench only um, competition that was only about twenty minutes from my house, being held in December. That was an RPS meet, and I thought, well, that would be a really good tester. Like, I'll get you know most of the way down. We'll see if I maintain my strength. Um, so I actually started counting macros to start cutting in October, pretty much oh, okay. not long after getting home from nationals. Okay. Yeah. So. Just so people understand, that was October. We're now talking, it's April, right? So it's been a while. Um, yes. It, when you competed in December, that was RPS, right? So that was a six, was that 60? Yep, and I weighed in at 130 pounds. Okay. Um, and then you can obviously continue to cut down. When, like, um, when would you say that you've, at any point, or when would you feel like it got a little bit challenging? So December or November, sorry, December, you were 130, right? Uh-huh. When would you say uh, you were like, ooh, this is going to be a challenge? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually, that that cut went really easy, no big deal. Um, Natalie Tirana and Peak Energetics do all my nutrition, and um, we were really flexible. I got to have a very normal Christmas dinner with my family. Um, my 30th birthday is in February and I wasn't able to kind of do like a big dinner with my family, but my boyfriend and I went up to Stowe for the weekend and we were able to um, work around that. So we were able to go out to dinner and I was able to, um, you know, obviously had to eat at restaurants and whatnot because we were away. Um, 
and then from there, I the counting macros and and whatnot is is really not that hard for me. I'm not gonna say it's easy, um, but let's face it, I got to eat like donuts pre <laughs> pre lift, like right up probably until the last like three or four weeks out from the meet. Um, the hardest part for me is is like the social aspect. So yeah, you know my coworkers will leave to work and they want to go get a drink. Well, sorry guys, I can't go. Or, um, you know, it's so-and-so's birthday this weekend. Everyone's, uh, meeting up at, at the bar in Boston. Sorry guys, can't go. Um, so I think those were the things that wore on me more so than the diet itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even when we started like the, the, you know, the water loading and, um, you know, I, I can't give away all the secrets, no, but yeah. even that, that week leading up to the meet, I was in a really good spot mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had to do some really drastic things the night before the meet, I'd say that's when, um, it was like, you're either going to camp or jump in yeah. this situation. Like you better either get through this and, um, rise above it or fail miserably and I was not going to fail yeah um did you like did you expect I guess was the cut like you expected or was it like easier was it harder um I think it's it's kind of a roller coaster like there are days that are no problem and then there are days when the whole office orders pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I really, I had one instance where I um, messaged Natalie and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Um, one of, I work in an agency, a private agency that provides behavioral therapy. And one of the older kids um, during their session had made like funfetti cake. Mm-hmm. and I don't even really like cake my parents don't even make me a cake on my birthday like I don't it's just not that exciting for me well I went in the kitchen and no one was looking and I was like I just I just want a little piece oh and I like cut myself a little square and ate it and then I like went back to the kitchen again and then I went back to the kitchen again and then I went back again and I was like oh my god Natalie what is happening to me like I don't even <laughs> like cake like I'm losing it <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, you're fine. Just like this, like a few pieces of cake is not going to derail your entire cut, but like, please just stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eating in secret oh. in a kitchen. Um, <laughs> how, so obviously there were a couple occasions where you guys could plan in like special outings, for instance, your birthday for Christmas. And then obviously a couple things like the cake um, that you had in your plan. <laughs> But other than that, would you say you stuck pretty closely to the plan that, you know, Natalie came up with you over the, say, four months, so January to April? Oh, yeah. Like, even even with the cake incident, I went in and programmed it into my fitness pal, and I had the lamest dinner ever, but <laughs> I, um, I hit my numbers. Like, I am a crazy person about it, and they were within, like, two to three macros per um her macronutrient like I do not go over I stick to the plan (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no are you are you like a big planner like do you meal plan so that you're no (laughs) (laughs) no I'm 
I'm a disaster with that. I, I'm actually an extremely, extremely picky eater. Um, I've gotten a lot better, but it makes me both like a nightmare for a nutrition coach, but also uh, the fact that I am so dedicated and stringent with hitting my numbers. Like they don't have to deal with me going off the deep end in that sense. Yeah. But it's like, she's like, Kate, you have to eat a vegetable today. <laughs> Um, like I'll make real wacky things fit and like, I am like a Tetris master when it comes to my fitness style. Um, but yeah, I do not, I, I was a vegetarian for 17 years and by vegetarian, I mean, I ate pasta with butter on it yeah. and pizza. I think it's so, uh, so funny. I've met so many people that are like, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. I'm like, Oh, how are your vegetables? Oh yeah. I don't eat those. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I'm like a, like a carbitarian. <laughs> Um, as you cut down, how did you feel like your strength was as you were cutting? So I really, um, I hit a huge PR on the bench in December, mm -hmm. um, which was like a surprise. I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Um, and I really felt like fine the whole time. I never felt weak. I never had days where I was like super fatigued while I was working out, uh, like someone would expect. Yeah. Um, but I will say that when you look at the macros that I had that are my quote-unquote cutting macros, they are higher than most people's, like, maintenance or bulking numbers. <laughs> um, I don't know how that's possible, um, but there was even an instance where Natalie sent me a picture that an 84-plus lifter had posted, like, her progress with her macros, oh, and she's like, you are not allowed to complain about your numbers. Like you're <laughs> almost the same as <laughs> as a person who's about double your size. Right. Um, and these are their maintenance numbers. Um, that's funny. Especially like again, like you're five foot two. You're not a very you're not a very big woman. <laughs> Never mind your weight. Um, so as um. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. So you obviously competed as a 63 for a couple of years before and probably like your whole life before that when you were working out doing CrossFit. Um, did you, do you think that helped you as you were cutting in terms of like, do you think that you're stronger as a 57 because of that? Okay. Like, do I think that it's an advantage, like it's an advantage training at a higher weight and then cutting down? Is that what you mean? Or even just like the years you spent I guess, tr yeah, training, building more muscle. I feel like you were probably focused on trying to get stronger, trying to build muscle for, you know, the past three, four years. And now that you're, now you cut down to 57, um, do you feel like that it was an advantage to not cut so early on? I think like when someone decides to cut a weight class, it better be for calculated reasons. It shouldn't just be like, um, oh, well, everyone's doing it, so I'm yeah. going to do it. Like, I had my eyes on that that um, bench record. Yeah. And let's face it, ain't nobody going to catch up to, <laughs> to Ken Thompson's <laughs> 63 bench record. Like, it's just not going to happen. No. Um, so, you know, that was a reason, you know, knowing my total and knowing where I would where I would rank. Like, these aren't things that someone who's never competed or has done one meet right. should be concerned about. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
it's funny that you mentioned like the training at the heavier body weight and whatnot, because I looked back at um, pictures I had taken before weigh-ins at my very first meet. And I think I weighed in at like 120 pounds or something. And then to pictures before weigh-ins before this meet where I was 125 pounds and I have so much more muscle on yeah. my body. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're so, you're like a hundred percent muscle, 125 pounds. <laughs> um, but my strength has absolutely gone up. Like I looked at, you know, even just looking at the speed of my deadlift, that was my, that I matched my 63 kg PR, um, that I've never hit since I hit it in last spring. Like I, um, I went up at nationals and missed the lift, but I don't even know if I would have hit that, um, that 374, to be honest. And I hit it with ease. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think nutrition plays a huge role in that too. Like I didn't just cut pounds off my body. Like I was actually eating, you know, enough protein every Mm -hmm. day. Whereas when I was like, I'll call it a YOLO 63, like, (laughs) you know, I might have been more comfortable with my body, but you know, pizza and buffalo chicken doesn't necessarily provide your muscles with strength building power. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I do remember at some point in time, it was a couple months ago, and I think I asked you like how it was going and you said, my body weight's relatively similar, but my body composition is so different. Yeah. So when I'm like <laughs> YOLO eating, doing whatever <laughs> I want, um, my, I, like my legs and my upper body, I feel like are always pretty, pretty lean. Um, but my, I just get like this terrible, like gluten bloat, like no abs, like <laughs> just like a like cinder block of tummy. Um, it's still hard as a rock, but yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like a hot mess. Um, and yeah, when I'm actually eating the right percentages of carbs, fats, and proteins, my body looks completely different. Um, I lean up really quickly. Um, so how hard, I know you kind of mentioned this before, but the last 24 hours before weigh-in, oh. <laughs> how hard were they <laughs> to get through? Um, so the first um, 12 of those 24 hours was pretty fun. Um, oddly enough, by that point in the week, like, I didn't really care necessarily about eating much more. Yeah. Um, you know, I spilled a little bit of water. You know, I, I kind of babied my, the rest of my water. And then 12 hours out, um, I'm going to tell you exactly how many pounds over I was, but it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say, um, and the between about, I like to go to bed at like eight thirty because I'm a grandma. (laughs) Um, I was forced to be up well past my bedtime. Um, I couldn't sleep at all. Mm -hmm. I wanted to sleep so bad, and I just couldn't. And because I hadn't made weight yet, I was also anxious about that. So I set my alarm for four o'clock in the morning to weigh myself. Um, I still wasn't there yet. Had to do, you know, more yeah. things. And, um, you know, by that time, like, John is shaking his head at me, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, is this really all worth it to you? Like, mm-hmm. to, put your, to put your body through this? 
um, I could see it in his eyes that he was just like, oh, good God. And like, what is this going to be like if we get there and, and you don't make weight after all of this? Like mm-hmm. after eating out of Tupperware at Easter dinner and, you know, missing months and months of social events. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, one thing that happened to me that I think is kind of cool is while I was, you know, trying to make weight desperately, um, the song, um, um, The Only Way I Know, right, Jason Aldean came on because I had the radio playing, um, and you'll have to look up the lyrics to the song, but I was, it just, like, spoke to me, and I was, like, it, it kind of, like, lit a fire when I was at my absolute weakest, kind of darkest point, and it kind of snapped me out of it, and I was, like, that's it, we're doing this, like, we're gonna make it (laughs) isn't it funny though it's just like the smallest things that sometimes have the biggest like when you need it impact absolutely um I also have a good friend um his name is Dom Rosso and you'll see like on my Instagram um Dynamis Alliance which is his company he's a uh, former Navy SEAL and he talks a lot about mindset and he had recently been on a podcast talking about just visualizing yourself getting to the other side like just, you know, if you're in this moment where your brain wants to tell you, you you can't do something like you just need to stop it and you need to picture yourself making it through. Yeah. Um, and that, that really helped me as well. So obviously you did very well with your caught following the nutrition and then you got to last 24 hours. I, from experience in the past, know how challenging the last 24 hours can be, and especially when you're over, not only mentally, but physically. So you get to the meet, you have an amazing meet. Was it worth it? Oh my God, of course <laughs> it was. And you know what? Like, I've uh, people who've never stepped on a platform will just never understand. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it's like a drug. It is. Like, you mm-hmm. can't get that feeling of competing and then the feeling of you know hitting a PR if you're lucky enough to do that or um you know the feeling of just meeting your goal whatever whatever that might be whether that involves you know PRs or not um and you know luckily I've had that experience before so I was able to keep that in the forefront when when things were not feeling so you know good um and, you know, you're trying to sleep with the driest mouth in the world. And all, <laughs> all you can dream about is Pedialyte. Like, <laughs> um, you it's, a just tough, it's a tough night when you're dreaming about Pedialyte. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you just know that if you can just make it and, and get on the platform that it's going to be all worth it. So, and I know that, like, we haven't completely said this out loud but so you cut down to 57 you compete your first time as a 57 you you tied your total as a 63 right Mm -hmm. which is a huge what was your Wilkes PR it had to have been giant um so I can't tell you exactly down to the point my Wilkes was 471 Mm -hmm. I want to say it was like a 40 point increase that's absurd right and then you hit the unofficial American record for your bench Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty freaking awesome day. <laughs> and something actually, two other things happened to me that I've never happened before. I went nine for nine, and I didn't get not one red light. Seriously? Yeah, that's amazing. It was like all the stars were aligned. <laughs> that's amazing. Um. So, 
definitely uh, thank you for coming on and but also some great things obviously I think it's helpful for people to hear from someone who's just cut down a weight class kind of like their experience what it was like um and also even from the point of like and I know I've said this before but unless it's going to put you in a competitive position cutting a weight class isn't necessarily worth it <laughs> um, yeah it's it's not a joke it's not something to be right. taken lightly it's not something that is fun um <laughs> you know I if I wasn't in the mental headspace that I was in to be able to do right. it it could I could see it going very bad and very wrong for a lot of people um how helpful was it for you because I know that you reached out you got help from Natalie and peak energetics how helpful was that for you um, there is just no way that it would have happened without, without Natalie and without Peak. Um, she was constantly, uh, in contact with me and we're, we're friends as well. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> um, but there were definitely times where she didn't, you know, have to be on her phone with me and she was, yeah. um, but to be able to plan for things, um, to have someone in your corner to be able to bounce things off of and be like, Hey, so, you know, it's, it's my birthday. We're going away. What do I need to do this week so that I can go have, you know, a dinner and not, you know, destroy our progress or, you know, when you're having those dark moments or when you just need someone to like wake you up and be like, like I said, like, Kate, you, you have to eat some actual vegetables. Like <laughs> you have to, you just, you have to do it. I think it's um, the vegetables that gave you all of the PRs. It was definitely the cauliflower and the poverty nachos. Oh, those are good. (laughs) I know I saw them and I I made them and they were really good. They are good. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you again so much for coming on. It was really fun. I, someone live streamed with me, so I got to see some of it, but also all of your posts afterwards. Really fun to see you have such a great meet and great cut and I'm very excited to see what's to come for you in the 57 weight class. Thanks Meg. I'm excited to see you crush it too. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. I was super excited to have Kate on the podcast to share her experience of cutting from a 63 kilogram lifter to a 57 kilogram lifter so that you guys could see it can be done successfully but how much time and planning goes into it. The fact that Kate was cutting from October right after nationals and just competed in her first meet as a 57 in April, it's about six months, and she she wasn't a big 63 to begin with, right? So she had maybe 10 pounds to cut or so, and she did so over six months, which seems like a really long time, but that's how she was able to do it so successfully. She didn't lose any of that strength she gained while hanging out as a 63. I know that you probably also heard me ask her if she think it benefited her competing as a 63 for the first couple years and not cutting, not have to worry about cutting, just worry about building strength. I absolutely think that if you're at the beginning of your powerlifting journey, it is very helpful not to worry about cutting and just worry about building the muscle mass on your body. If you are competitive and you're trying to be more competitive Cutting is a real option, and it can make you incredibly competitive if you do it right. Obviously, Kate is was a competitive 63, and now she's a super competitive 67. Sorry, 57, putting herself right right in the mix. Um, and 
it's exciting to watch her progress and exciting to watch her successfully cut down to a 57. I want to tell you guys where to find Kate on Instagram. You should give her a follow. Her Instagram handle is K-M-M-E-N-D, K-M-E-N-D. Great follow. It will be exciting to watch her progress as a 57 lifter. Highly recommend it. She used, she mentioned peak energetics in her coaches, Natalie Tirana, during her cut. I also want to tell you guys where to find peak energetics. They're also on Instagram and you can find them at peak energetics, P-E-A-K-E-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Meg Scanlift or on my website, megscanlift.com has all my coaching options as well as my email. Always feel free to email me, send me a message on Instagram, any questions that you have, things you want to see on the podcast. I love hearing your feedback. Until next time, guys, work hard and get strong.